much. I have everything planned into January, which is going to be season three. Um, as you guys know, I started Lily Jean Talks Live as a way through COVID to connect with people. So once COVID starts kind of ebbing, we're going to start going into some fun things um, that I think you guys will really like. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I have a braces update coming soon, which is going to be so much fun. Uh, I got... It's not attached to the molar bands anymore. It's attached here. So the comb beam scan is good. Um, there's no impaction like on a uh, root. So it's just pulling straight down, which is really great. Uh, I got my attachments off here. So my molar teeth still have attachments, but my canines, they don't. So it's pretty exciting. Hey. I'm well. How are you? I'm okay. Oh my god, you're so cute. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing about you. Uh, okay, so I kind of like told everybody a little bit about like, you know, who you are, um, you know, how amazing you are, really. I mean, the adversity you face and your family itself is incredible. So definitely, I want to get into that because Ida B. Wells, I mean, this is like the woman. <laughs> I mean, she did amazing stuff. Yes, she definitely did. Um, she was a pioneer in, in every shape, form, and fashion, you know, in a time where slaves, where, you know, um, persons of color, Black people, mm -hmm. African Americans, whatever name you want to be politically correct and call them today, people who look like me, they could not read, they could not read, um, could not read or write at that time. I mean, even women did not have rights, you know, in the yeah. late 1800s. You know, we were unable to mm -hmm. own homes in our names and bank accounts and to work. Yep. But Ida B. Wells was out there doing all of that. Um, I don't know what you told your viewers, but she is most famously known for founding the NAACP, the National yes. Association for the Advancement of Colored People. She was a crusader for justice. She was an investigative journalist before we even knew what that was. Um, so she kind of uncovered why Black men were being lynched in America. She knew that it wasn't um, necessarily true um, that all of their crimes that they were being accused of, being accused of were true, um, especially when it happened to one of her friends, oh um, Thomas Moss, who owned a grocery store. Um, he was accused of raping a white woman. And Ida knew, um, of course, this gentleman, so she knew that wasn't true. And so that kind of catapulted her into the investigative journalism. Um, so she discovered that it was only successful African-American men that were being targeted. And in order to get rid of them, because they were threatening um, the white man with their success. You know, they were competition. Mm -hmm. So the white man would just say, hey, you raped a white woman, and then off with their head. And so, you know, oh my God, just, <laughs> yes, that was as yes, quickly as, as it would happen. And so Ida B. Wells was one of the first to say, hey, no, this isn't, this isn't right. All black women, men are not just raping, you know, white women. That's just not in their DNA. That's just not what they do. And so, you know, she was uncovering that here in the South. Um, she went as far as New York. She even went to London, England oh and was God. telling them, in, yes, in the 1800s, she was so fearless. I mean, telling this, them, this, this is in incredible because, I mean, she risked her life for 
all these people. Absolutely. I mean, she could have gotten killed, Tiana. And there she Absolutely. was as a pioneer, this this strong, fierce woman defying all odds. I mean, I read something that um, even people on her own side were like, hey, maybe you should just shh. And that's right. <laughs> right. So she was, yeah, she was getting it from both sides. Yeah. Um, even, you know, people in her community, people of color, even her family members were saying, hey, you know, you don't need to rock the boat because the Ku Klux Klan, you know, they're going to come kill me and my family because of my association with you. So you should not do this. But Ida knew that her calling was bigger Damn. than death, that it was bigger than fear. You know, she knew that, you know, if you don't stand for something, What's the point of living? You know, what's the point of living if you're not going to yeah. die for something? Well, true. Right? If, you, if so, you don't have anything inside and you're not adding something to the world, why are you here? She absolutely. added more to the world than just even the words she spoke. I mean. Absolutely. Yes. And so she um, herself was an entrepreneur um, and a pioneer. She bought the Memphis Free Speech and Headlight um, newspaper. So she was co-owner of that. Again, you know, a black woman at that time owning, oh, yeah. <laughs> owning a company and working. And when she began to publish these articles about the truth behind the lynchings, mm -hmm. the white mob burned down her newspaper office while she wasn't there. Um, she was out, you know, crusading, visiting um, another state and they burned down her office. They said if she ever returned to Memphis, they would kill her. They put a price out on her head and had, you know, bounty hunters looking for Ida. Ah! Um, so Ida, you know, took her, um, her family. She went to Chicago. And so that's where a lot of my family resides today because that's where Ida um, died and had her um, descendants there. But yeah, the, the city of Memphis, you know, uh, the citizens of Memphis ran my great-great-grandmother out of town. And now where her newspaper office stood on the iconic Bill Street is just a, a marker that says, you know, Ida B. Wells and has some history about her. But um, that's it. This, that's it until this past uh, July, um, July 2021, July 16th, actually, Ida B. Wells' birthday, um, the city of Memphis put a statue of Ida B. Wells overlooking Bill Street. So now I like to think of it as Ida B. Wells kind of watching Ida, uh, watching over Bill Street. Like, no, now I'm watching you. You guys are watching me, but now I'm oh, watching Tiana. you. you know? <laughs> so. Hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. If you're, you're, wait, where are my glasses? Oh my God. Oh, hold on. We're going to twin for a second. Oh, you have glasses? Okay, wow. I've never seen you with glasses. Okay, four. four. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Yes, we're watching each other now. <laughs> no, but I mean, I do like how finally she got something that said, this happened. Stop trying to cover this. Stop trying to take her legacy away. I mean, that's sensational. Owning a paper, crusading around, fighting for the truth when everybody around you says you're wrong. I mean, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And one of my favorite stories of Ida, it's an unsung story. Mm -hmm. um, so I wrote a play about it called The Ladies' Car. Ooh, okay. So um, the my favorite story about Ida is when she was about 20 years old, she was... Um, on her way to work and she was riding a train um, to Memphis and so she purchased a first class ticket to sit in the first class ladies car now the ladies car was um, sort of like today's first class business class on an airplane you know um, it was for is more formal mm -hmm. um, it was more respected 
There was no smoking, no drinking, um, swearing there. So that's why she wanted to sit in the ladies' car. She didn't want to sit in the, the um, colored car. So um, she was able to purchase a ticket and she was able to board the train. Well, as the train um, you know, took off, the conductor came in and asked for her ticket. And so, um, you know, she gave him the ticket and he's like, well, you know, you're not supposed to be here. You need to go to the colored car. So Ida, you know, being the lady that she is, she said, I will not go to the colored car. They smoke and drink and I don't want the smoke in my hair. (laughs) She's like, so I'm going to stay right here in the ladies car. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, "Um, I'm not going to ask you again because, of course, it's the white conductor, you know. He's like, you need to get up and go to the colored car to sit with your own people. And she's like, and I'm not going to tell you again. I'm going to stay right here. I so he tried to snap. So he, <laughs> he put his hands on Ida and tried oh, to no. physically remove her from the seat. So she okay. fastened, she fastened her arms around the seat in front of her okay. and put her legs around the seat. So she was bearing onto the seat. And so as he put his hand on her <laughs> wrist, as she so eloquently wrote in her diary, <laughs> I fastened my teeth in his wrist. So she bit. Oh! She bit the conductor. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, of course. So now, yeah. Good teeth, class. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he was so being now, not classy towards her. That's right. So, you know, she bit him. So he's <laughs> like, okay, I, I need help with this feisty one. She's going to be a little bit more than I, than I thought. So he went. Um, to go get some help. So Ida just proceeded to read her diary, her diary and her, her Bible, you know, and she's just doing what she needs to do. He comes back with two other people. So now it's three men. And they, well, Ida do. three men. So she just sat there and let them come get her. And, you know, they were trying to force her to the ladies car. I mean, to the colored car. And, you know, she refused. She said, I will not go to the colored car. Um, so they threw off the train. Oh, so, um, being the woman that Ida B. Wells was, you know, she got thrown off the train. She's like, huh, I'm going to okay. sue them. She's like, I'm going to sue them. Yes. Oh, my God. That's unheard and of. It, yeah. It, I mean, so was it, yeah, whoa. it was. And yeah, in like 18, you know, 88, it's it, it, it the late 1800s. So I was like, I'm going to sue them. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> right. And she, she went and got a, 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 a black attorney. Okay. And so he's like, okay, we're going to sue. And so, you know, as some weeks and months are going by, Ida's like, you know, what's going on with my court date? I don't have a status update. Um, he just kept kind of fiddling around and, you know, not really giving her answers. So she found out that he was bought off by the railroad company. Now, of course, he wasn't a bad guy. He was a product of his circumstances. You know, they threatened him and his He didn't family. want to get killed. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Ida, again, I hear him Ida be well now. Ida said, okay, well. If the black okay. man is afraid of the white man, I'll go get a white man. So she went and hired she went and hired a white attorney. She's like a superhero though. Yes. Who oh also happened to be a judge. His name was Judge Greer. So Judge Greer represented her. Oh my god. And um Judge Greer petitioned the court. Um he he told them that although the cars, one was dedicated for colored and one was dedicated for white they were separate but not equal because there was no first class for colored people. <laughs> so see, Ida B. Wells <laughs> pioneered the separate but equal. She was no she separate went in there. But, yeah, there was no separate but equal status. So therefore, she was granted that judgment and she uh-huh. received $500, which was a big deal a lot, in the late yeah. 1800s. She received $500. Now, unfortunately, months later, 
Of course, the railroad company, you know, could not let that happen. Let a uh, Negro woman is what they called him at the time, a Negro woman, um, you know, win. So they went all the way to the Supreme Court and they reversed the decision. And one of the headlines, you know, wrote like, you know, damsel sues, um, darky damsel sues railroad company. Oh. Uh, but, you know, Ida B. Wells, she won. And it's in the history books in Memphis, Tennessee, in Shelby County. But it is widely unrecognized and unsung. Why? Because white people did not want Black people in America at that time to know that you have rights in this country. So we could not let that story get out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and so, again, she's always credited with founding the NAACP. But that, was, that wasn't until 1919. She did this in the 1800s. And this is what catapulted her to be the freedom fighter that we all know, wow. where she went up against a railroad giant by herself. I, and I mean, I think people in the room need to like visualize that like this, this black woman went up against not just the white man, but white business. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, the fact that they were able to pay off, you know, her lawyer, it's like people need to visualize this is this is like a, a tiny woman physically, but mentally and the being is not. This is like a tycoon inside. I mean, whoa. Absolutely. So I oh love God, to Tiana. share the story of the ladies' car and the Chesapeake, Ohio Railroad anytime that I get a chance because it's a story that needs to be bigger than her found help founding the yes. NAACP. Oh God, you know, yes. because in 2021, women need to know that we can go up against a corporation, you know, that we can go up against a man that is disrespecting us, um, you know, by oh, any yeah, means, yes. whether it's, you know, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. making a comment on our appearance or throwing us off of a train. We do have rights and we can win in the court of law. So, you know, everybody, please go research The Lady's Car and um, the phenomenal Miss Ida B. Wells because oh that, that is the story that I want everybody to leave here with remembering. Oh, my God. Like, I, I feel so empowered after everything that you said because I, I like how Ida B. Wells said she, she wanted equal, but she, she dreamed bigger. She wanted bigger. And it's like to really envision this tiny little lady doing all this big stuff it's like right wow um right. how does that feel that that you are the descendants of that i mean i see you smiling so much so i know i must feel you must feel proud but it's like yes wow yeah like, you know on her legacy in a way you know it, de it depends on the day you know okay <laughs> more often than not you know i am happy and i feel proud and on other days it feels heavy and because of that is when I find sometimes my eternal tr um, struggles or things that are going on, um, you know, when our nation is in a state of unrest um, because of the woes of Black America, yeah. I just kind of feel like I have to do more. I'm like, you know, look what your ancestor did in a time where there wasn't social media, you know, in a time when many of her peers could not read or write. Um, so sometimes I just feel heavy, like I'm not making a big enough impact and that I have to do more. And those are the times when I just kind of get on my knees and, and, and pray um, to my God and my ancestor. And, and, and more often than not, she will um, respond to me. That's beautiful.
That's really beautiful. I mean, we all have times of doubt, but it's how we come out of that doubt and how we overcome that. And through prayer, through connecting with something spiritually, I think that's really beautiful and a message that during COVID people really could heed very much so. Now, something that I don't really notice on you, but I know you wanted to mention, Lindemans. Okay. Yes. So, I, I got to um, be honest, when you first like told me about that, I was like, where <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry Tiana I had to look I it doesn't bother me but apparently it bothers some people and um definitely. that's not cool <laughs> no so right. I definitely want to go into that with you because you're beautiful and you have such a cute hand I don't understand well, people. well well thank you you know some people don't think it's so cute um but um yes I was born um with a birth defect called Simbrodactyly and that just mm -hmm. means that all of um my hand, all of my hand did not form. So um, some people have more than, uh, some people have less than, you know, what I have, but I actually have fingers and I have fingernails, but um, the bones did not um, finish developing. And so that has, of course, changed the trajectory of my life. And I have started um, advocating for those who are different. Because I, tr I try to be the person that I needed when I was six, you know, when I didn't know anybody who looked like me. Because again, this is a time where we didn't have the internet or Instagram that you can yeah. go look on. <laughs> and I just thought that I was the only person in the world um, that looked like this. And every time I left my house, you know, I was, I was being, you know, ridiculed or bullied, whether it was at school, you know, by a classmate, or sometimes it was by their parents. If I was staying at their house, you know, for uh. A sleepover yes so you know um people would just kind of get shocked and I don't even want to say get shocked people still are sometimes shocked at my hand um because they've never seen anything like it and I will say that I haven't seen too many people like me you know especially in person now I can you know find pictures that look like me on online um, but to have somebody that's identical, you know, with a hand like mine, it, it is a, is a rare circumstance. But um, I like to always speak about this just to kind of bring awareness, um, how we need to spread kindness yes. and, you know, just be a little bit more kind to, to one another. Um, you know, I've, I was born like this, as I told you. So now yeah, there's, 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 I mean, there's not much you can do to yeah, say it, to me that's going it, to, to make me angry or sad anymore because I've heard it all at this point. But those of us who aren't in a place that I am now in my life where I can handle it, we just need to um, be more kind. We need to teach acceptance. We need to teach our kids and our friends yes. and family because sometimes it's not taught during childhood that it's not okay to tease it's not okay to point it's not okay to stare um you know and it's not okay to uh be in other people's business as well you know some of us don't like <laughs> let's, let's a stranger yeah let's just say some, some of yeah. us don't want to be grocery shopping and you come up and say ill what happened to your hand you know i i oh tiana you know i i just want to buy my uh my bread you know i didn't come in here for that yeah um, you're not affecting them they're affecting right. you by but, oh my god yeah but you know there there are a lot of ignorant 
people do you think in, that in it's, this world. Do you think that it's because they're uneducated? About yes, because, you know, I mean, because yeah. ignorance is just that, just not knowing. Yeah. Um, I there mean, are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of mean people, but there are a lot of ignorant people as well. Yes, yes. And so, and that's why it's just, um, just being mindful. Mm-hmm. Um, I give everybody like a, a second look, you know, if I'm walking past you and you're kind of like, did I see what I thought I saw? And it's like, oh, I did, you know, and it's like, okay, but don't, don't stare at me. You know, nobody no. likes to be stared at, you know, no. whether... Whether you got a booger in your nose or you got an ugly <laughs> haircut, you know, you don't stare. You yes. Don't, that's just the rule of thumb that you don't. You You're don't taught stare. that. It's manners. Absolutely. It's called manners. That's it, right? It's called manners. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, because just, just being mean, it's like, did it make your day any, any better by being mean to someone? Um, and I can say that, you know, once you own yourself inside and out, other people typically follow suit, you know, um, how I'm able to post pictures about it and talk about it online. I generally get great feedback. And um, what means the most to me when is when a, a parent tells me that, you know, my six-year-old, I showed her your picture and now she took her hand out her pocket, you know, um, so that just means the world to me. And I'll say a few months ago, I was at the pharmacy in Kroger and I saw a little girl who had a limb difference. It didn't look quite like mine, but she had a limb difference. And so I made it a point. Um, I kind of stood there until she looked at me and then I waved at her with my left hand and oh. she got so excited. She said, mama, mama, look, look at her. You know, It's moments um, like those. Yeah. And so, you know, we just kind of, because of COVID, we did an elbow bump and, <laughs> You know, oh, I just it's left, moments but... like that. I mean, yeah. I, I know like everybody gets down sometimes like you talked about, but it's moments like that that make everything so just in place, worthwhile. I mean, I think people making fun of a limb, it's like matters. Didn't anybody tell you to not stare? Didn't anybody tell you that we're all made differently because that's what God created, difference. Definitely yeah. manners. And, um, you know, my limb difference doesn't yeah. affect my mind you know yes. sometimes people when they see that they want to speak to me this slowly because they don't wait, think i can serious? understand wait, wait, wait. are you serious correct correct um yes i am serious oh. um you know i have a master's degree i have an mba um i can type i can do everything that everybody else has you know people will say well how did you get here i drove myself you know um so don't put limitations on people mm. who are different than you. We do, because that's just it. It's just different. I do everything differently than you. I can't tie my shoes the way that you tie them because I don't have what you have, right? You still do it. But I still get it done, yeah. right? So we don't, um, you know, let's not put limitations on those who, who look different. Because again, I was born like this. So I don't know any other way. So I had to learn to use what I got, you know, and just, just work it out. Do you think it's annoying when people like maybe like you said, like the speech thing, do you think it's annoying when people uh, try to offer their assistance to you when you're perfectly capable? It, it is um, annoying. Um, however, I do, I have to practice kindness as well. And I have to recognize, I have to recognize. Right. When they're just being ignorant, when they're ignorant yeah. and they don't know any better and they're genuinely, you know, trying to, assist me mm. you know because usually if I need assistance it's because um 
somebody else would need assistance as well. Like if I can't open the pickle jar, it's because uh, no person can because it's just too tight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not because my hand is like this. So, but again, if somebody offers, you know, their services to me, I'll let them know I'm okay. And if they continue, are you sure? Are you sure? And I kind of let yeah. them know, you know, I if I that. need some help, if I need some help, I'll let you know. But generally, I don't need any help. You know, well, that's um, important to note, though, because talking about limb difference, it's okay. Well, don't stare, don't do this. But also, if I need help, I'll just ask you. I'm not stupid. That's it. <laughs> you know, so I think that's actually very vital because I assume people are just, I'm going to say it, assholes towards you sometimes. And, yeah, and, and that is the case sometimes. Sometimes people, people can definitely um, do that. I'll say, like in high school, um, when I walked into the lunchroom, everybody got quiet. And I'm just like, you know, what's going on? And I kept walking and somebody tried to draw a picture of my hand and they wrote on there, like, look at my, my ugly hand and stuff. And, um, and they put that on the lunchroom, you know, cafeteria wall, um, you know, when I was in high school. So yeah, people, people can be mean, um, but guess what? Now them same folks are DMing me on Instagram asking for a job because they saw me. Okay, because they saw you know, me on the Today Show. You know, kids are kids are cruel. Kids are cruel, but they also cruel. from parents not educating them on things like this, they are cruel. I mean, the parents do need to be held responsible for things like that. I feel because there's there's no reason that should have happened to you if they were more educated. Right, and to tie my limb difference in with mm. my legacy. So, yeah. you know, because of my ancestor, I was um, introduced to the limelight, you know, at an, a young age. And mm -hmm. I've always been very shy. I still am shy. And, you know, put the limb difference on top of that. You know, I didn't like all eyes on me because they would not focus on me and what I was saying. You know, everybody's kind of just focusing on, on my hand. And yeah. all of a sudden, they don't care about Ida B. Wells. They, they care about, you know, the limb difference. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that I used to kind of struggle with that. How am I going to be in the limelight, you know, with this? Um, but, you know, it, it, it all worked out. Again, once I came into my own, um, mm -hmm. you know, everything just came full circle. And, um, you know, hey, now that's why I love putting it on Instagram so that, if somebody sees me speaking somewhere, it's like, okay, the elephant is no longer in the room. It's on my page. It's in my bio. So y'all already know. And if you want to stare, you can go look at my picture. Okay. So you come prepared. Let's just say. I could have come prepared. And you expect them to treat you with dignity and respect, as they should. And in a way, this this could parallel the um you know the train because she she was being treated unfairly. She was tr being treated without class. That's it. In a way, Absolutely. it parallels because that is what happened to you more personally yes. with the limb difference. Right. And see, because of this fiery ancestor that I have in my DNA, that always overcomes the shyness. Awesome. Because see, the little, the shy, frail Tiana that doesn't want anybody to look at her. <laughs> I'm like, hey, you know, that Ida B. Wells will come out. I'm like, you know, what you're staring at? Oh, let's see how that's you know. <laughs> I thank you for sharing that with me, though. That is actually very vulnerable, and not many people would say that. So I think it's very strong to say, like, hey, I, I do have a side, and a lot of people don't know this about me, but I have a very shy side. You know, when I'm really? on, I'm on, but when I'm off, I really just want to have my blanket over my head and watch Netflix. <laughs> that's it. 
I, I mean, I'm simple, but I, I just, I would rather just be left alone. Wow. So yeah, that's, you know, I, I find that a lot of people, a lot of media personalities yeah. are, are shy. And so, you know, it's amazing how you are able to jump on here, um, even though you are shy, because people who aren't shy don't understand the yeah. struggles, how, you know, how much it, how much effort it takes. Come out of that shell. <laughs> to show up, you know, yeah, like before the live, I'm like, oh, I might need to do some push-ups or something. I'm like, but I don't have time because I'm like, <laughs> oh I was God, working. Wait, did you? I did not. I, I didn't have okay. time. Um, you talked yourself out of that. You were like, okay, well. <laughs> yeah, I still had work to do. So I'm still, you know, I was busy with work, but at least that was, uh, <laughs> you know, diverting my mind into, you know, instead okay. of having a panic attack, like, oh my goodness, okay. like, you know, I'm about to go on and people are going to look at me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, panic attacks, you know, it happens to the best of us. It's how you come out of it. So what are the next steps for Miss Tiana? Where are the we going with this? Step. What are you doing? So right now I am assisting with the Ida B. Wells Barnett Museum in Holly Springs, Mississippi. Oh, so wow. um, Holly Springs, Mississippi is the birthplace of Ida B. Wells. And what's special about the museum is it is Ida's former master's home. Oh. So we call it the birthplace because she was born on the ground. She was born in the backyard. Oh, in the like slave a, cabin. It's like reclaiming it in a way. Yeah, she was born in the slave cabin. Oh. So for her, what we get to do is say, hey, you weren't allowed to live in this house. But now your great granddaughter gets to run it right? Oh. And do it in your honor. Wow. And so I am honored and overjoyed that I get to be a part of this and to lead the museum and to um, introduce Holly Springs into the nation because it's a small town in, in Mississippi. It's about 30 minutes from Memphis, Tennessee. And a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you get to be a part because you know you're related and and that's that's not true because a lot of my family are related as well but i was chosen because i am passionate because i am qualified and i have been doing the work for ida b wells and for civil rights for many decades oh thank you somebody said they love my hair thank you this <laughs> shy i think not <laughs> I, I i caught you look down like and i was like i'm not gonna say that. something <laughs> Okay. Yes, but yes, um, the, the Ida B. Wells Barnett Museum, this is a place that I want everybody to, to visit at some point. And I know there are many museums, such as the um, African American Smithsonian in Washington, D.C., which has an exhibit of Ida B. Wells, and Ida B. Wells has her things in, in various museums throughout the nation. However, the Ida B. Wells Museum is the only place that you can feel touch wow and speak to your history again this is the ground that Ida B. Wells walked on her mother was a cook for the master Ida B. Wells's father built that house her father was a slave and he um his master was also his father so because of that you know his father slash master made sure that his uh, slave son was able to develop a, a trade and he was a carpenter. So there's just so much 
history in that home, even though my family was not able to sleep in that home Mm -hmm. again, now we are able to be in there. And we do that for Ida. And again, you get a piece of history. As soon as you are on that property, you can hear your ancestors whispering something to you. It is a powerful place. And I'm not just saying that because I'm related. I want you guys to come there and feel it yourselves. Oh my God, I moved. I'm like, you do um, production too, right? You I had do. Coaching. I mean, once you started like talking about it, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit of tea producer here because like, I want to go. I mean, yeah. I want to, I want to see this, this, I, wow. Yes, I, I would, I would love you to come down and I can host you and your family. Um, and yes, my production, um, Tiana Farrell Productions, we produced the ladies car, which is that fascinating story I told you about, about the Chesapeake, Ohio Railroad mm-hmm. and Ida B. Wells. Um, so we are on a hiatus due to COVID-19. Of course, um, we did a great run in 2018 and 2019. Um, we're trying to bring that back safely. Very cool. Um, so we definitely want to um, perform again um, in the Southeast, especially in Ida's stomping grounds, such as Holly Springs, Memphis, Chicago. Arkansas, New York, um, and even London. You know, they love her in London. So um, we definitely assist with that. And I'm working on some other TV projects with um, the production company. But, you know, with um, gag orders and non-disclosure. Yes. (laughs) That's all I can say. But, you know, we got some great things to work, you guys. Yes. (laughs) We got some great things working. Um, so, So, yeah. That's, that's it. And I and I have been um, a, a publicist forever. Um, so that is um, another one of my loves. Um, and the reason that I like doing that is because I love to introduce the world to great people. Awesome. So did you say? I know. I'm like sitting here like I'm keeping it in. <laughs> yeah. I'm keeping it in. Is she going to say it? Is she not? <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh Tiana you are amazing I wish I could give you a big hug but it's a screen I can't <laughs> yeah here 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 we go Adrian says go. thank you she says I went the feeling was overcome overwhelming oh to the Ida B. Wells Museum yes oh, hi Adrian cool. Adrian is my BFF slash okay. confidant slash chief of staff slash advisor oh my god she's like the shit Listen, <laughs> yeah if you want something done you got to call adrian oh my god okay yeah yeah <laughs> hello adrian um i think you're very amazing so how are you <laughs> oh my goodness tiana thank you so much for coming on sharing these beautiful stories sharing these words of encouragement during such hard times we're going through right now with covid um i think there are many lessons people could learn from you and i think there's a lot more that you probably could share with the world and i like that you are doing that one step at a time and showing people that you are working every day on yourself as well as for others that is so important and impactful Thank you. I appreciate you inviting me on. I've had a great time. And because I'm shy, you um, you just made me feel very natural. And I love that. <laughs> I appreciate you sharing well, your platform. Wear glasses me. to glasses. Yes, it's it. I like wearing my glasses down like this so I can look over at like a granny. Yeah, somebody like I'm watching you. <laughs> um, 
So, Wait, yeah. are you near or are you far? I have astigmatism. Yeah, so. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> can you not see up close or far away? I can see fine. It's the astigmatism, the way that the light hits my eye. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, I can't see distance. Mm -hmm. So, like, we were on the street. I probably would be like, Tiana? <laughs> <laughs> so, let's hope I have these or contacts. <laughs> Thank gotcha. you, Tiana. Sending you big Thank hugs you. and big kisses. All right. Oh, my God. That was perfect.